0: Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. You probably know that already if you've listened to the show before. We're your hosts. My name's Chris Alfick, And I'm Connor Thompson. This week, we are, uh, we're recording this intro for the second time, because it just crashed, and we're doing a hell of a lot of a better job at God, I hope
1: we don't have to do this a third time, but it will sound even better.
0: Yeah, hey, at least we're not getting into driver's license, uh, counterfeiting. We, We went down a weird road. Yep. What are we doing this week? Let's
1: dive in. August 6th through 12th, 1999. On August 6th in 99, Robert Downey Jr. gets three years in prison. Actor Robert Downey Jr. delivered a desperate monologue on Thursday, begging a judge to spare him from state prison and vowing yet again to end his storied addiction to drugs. But he failed to sway his audience, Malibu Superior Court Judge Lawrence J. Myra. Myra told Downey he was manipulative and exhausted the court's options for drug rehabilitation and the court's patience, and sentenced the actor to three years in prison for repeatedly violating probation on drug and weapons charges. So... Like, a lot of our audience may be too young to really remember Robert Downey Jr. in the 90s, but he was not, like, a a Hollywood darling like he is right now. Like, he was really a a druggie, and that's how he was viewed by people. Like, he was
0: not held in high regard. People had mostly given up on him. By this point, by the end of the 90s, I think you're right. Yeah. That being said, he served one year of this three-year charge, and then joined the cast of Ally McBeal. Which he then fucked up by you know, doing a lot of drugs again. Yeah,
1: exactly. So he was, he's maybe Hollywood's biggest comeback story. And there was like a whole hubbub about him backing Mel Gibson and saying, well, you gave me a chance. And I i think that comes from a genuine place of, of gratitude and honesty,
0: because for a
1: long time, Robert Downey Jr. was just done. The,
0: yeah, that's true. I mean, he had a meteoric rise in the 80s and into the early 90s. And then
1: <laughs> a oh, meteoric yeah. fall.
0: Yeah. As as meteors generally do. I, why do they say? I mean, meteors generally don't rise. Yeah, I don't. Fall. I don't understand that. Enough with the space rocks. On to August seventh, where hundreds of Chechen guerrillas invade the Republic of Dagestan, triggering a uh, the Russian Republic of isn't that's Dagestan? I think so. All right, triggering a short war. Uh, guerrillas, not guerrillas, because one yeah, is fun. And,
1: yeah one one is fun and the other is is you know war
0: oh i mean yeah one is um planet of the apes yeah exactly which probably uh the mark Wahlberg version would have been entering pre-production around this time oh shit are they related i don't know uh also today 1993 charge against cyber hacker is dropped notorious cyber hacker kevin mitnick cleared a legal hurdle friday when state prosecutors dropped a 1993 hacking case against him because they said he has been incorrectly charged Donald Randolph, Mitnick's lawyer, said that he approached the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office in April and told them their case would not stand up in court. Mitnick, who allegedly tried to persuade a Department of Motor Vehicles employee to fax him a copy of an undercover FBI agent's driver's license, was charged with illegally accessing a computer. A felony. Now prosecutors acknowledge that Mitnick should have been charged with the crime of causing someone else to access the computer illegally. A misdemeanor. A Missy misdemeanor. Missy misdemeanor Elliot. huh, That's not in the article. No. Uh, because the statute of limitations has run out on that crime, he cannot now be charged with it. However, he was currently in jail, so it's not like, you know, I might, not a huge difference. I might switch my online handle to cyberhacker. That sounds so old. I know. And I'm, I'm surprised they're using that term in 1999. I thought we had dropped the cyber at that point. And just got to hacker.
1: As a side note, my current online handle is Captain Salty. That way people understand when I talk smack. Which I do.
0: Often. I just thought you like to, you know, oversalt your, uh, your dishes. <laughs> my avatar is a per- uh, pretzel. It's just a picture of a pretzel. These pretzels are making me thirsty.
1: They sure are. But not on August 8th, because on August 8th, Y2K jitters were finally starting to register on Wall Street. I
0: don't know, I get kind of dry in the mouth when I'm nervous like that. Okay, fair.
1: Stocks are sinking, interest rates are rising, oil is nearly $21 a barrel, and the dollar is suddenly the planet's wimp currency. Companies worldwide have been rushing to borrow money via bonds before the fourth quarter arrives on the assumption that few investors will be interested in ponying up for large financial transactions as January 1st nears. Y2K,
0: the fear was real. The fear was real and... You know, we still haven't gone a deep dive into Y two K. I think because it requires a lot of actual research. It does, but Wednesdays. I th- I
1: think that that maybe is the show that we do at the end of the year. That's got to be the last episode, right?
0: It's got it's a it's a culminating one. It's definitely something that we save for later on. Summer's kind of easy breezy, and we don't want to get too deep into something like Y two K right I, now.
1: I think Y two K would set up as maybe our, our first real. Kind of special episode. Ooh, or where, a Y2K special. Because it, it permeated everything. It made its way into obviously the news, uh, definitely the markets. It got into movies like oh, yeah, movies, pop movies, culture, things like everything. Office Space. Yeah. There was a Weird Al song um, called all about the Pentiums that had yeah. a line about Y2K. So like it really was pervasive. So look forward to that because that will come.
0: One day. Uh, let's see. 1999. August 9th. The 9th of August.
1: <laughs> we lost where we were.
0: We lost what year we were in. We lost oh. what decade we were in. It was a struggle. where I am. Today on August 9th, clerks who don't check stuck with bad checks. A pun that works better in American English than Canadian. Yeah. It may be the dog days of summer, but fraud never takes a vacation. Amazing. Four convenience stores in Ventura, California, have handed over a total of $3,244 in cash to an unidentified woman passing bogus welfare checks, Deputy District Attorney Vince Gillum says. That's Vince with an S. These documents are clever fakes, but fakes nonetheless. Rather than real checks that have been altered, they look like they've been cranked out on a home computer. It's not the only thing that's been cranked out on a home computer. Jesus Christ, this article's <laughs> fantastic. The phony checks bear all the same numbers, 20-213-501, and the same issue date of July 9th, 1999. The checks also list a non-existent address for the payee and are for the same amount, $811. That's very
1: unassuming. I like this.
0: It is. Um. Oh, you know what I don't like? Uh Sad news today. Uh, The wife of actor William Shatner was discovered dead on the bottom of the couple's swimming pool after an apparent drowning. Noreen Shatner, a model by trade and actress by aspiration, accidentally drowned while swimming alone Monday evening. That sucks. It does. I mean, and that's something that it stuck with Shatner for a long time. He's uh, had songs about it and stuff. Really sad. I mean, very tragic.
1: All right uh august 10th european record high temperature set today at 48.5 degrees celsius which is the only one that matters but for the rest of you that's 119.3 fahrenheit attained in sicily jesus christ that's hot
0: that is spicy
1: yep So, around here, we obviously don't get temperatures like that, but I remember one summer I was working at, actually, Jackson Triggs Winery in Niagara-on-the-Lake, and it got up to 107 Fahrenheit, but due to the humidity that we get being on Lake Ontario, like, we had people in from Vegas where it hits 120, and, like, they said that it, that heat was worse than anything they had ever
0: felt. Wow. Wow yeah that, i want to go to arizona one day it's very dry there
1: i know a couple of people who uh whose parents have retired down there Mm-hmm. is a thing they they always praise the library the well, library yeah because they can go there and like rent movies and shit and like full here. full series of tv shows
0: so it's like oh i'm gonna go down to that scottsdale library yeah
1: apparently the library is a huge deal which i think is so funny that's hilarious uh, okay, also on this date, we've got some VHS and DVD TV show releases, a Beavis and Butthead VHS containing episodes such as Buttaween, Bungholio, Lord of the Harvest, and Leave it to Beavis came out. Yeah. That's pretty good. We also get some Dragon Ball Z VHS slash DVDs, uh, including Volume 8 showdown featuring the climax of the fight between goku and vegeta oh
0: yeah end of the saiyan saga
1: so good and volume nine departure which uh began the namek saga with gohan bulma and krillin leaving for planet namek oh yeah that was pretty cool too
0: it was uh let's see See, oh hold on
1: serious question okay is krillin the worst character in the entire series no false
0: what about yamcha
1: no i hate krillin you I hate, hate him so much. He's bald and he whines and he has no nose.
0: Krillin is the strongest human being on the planet.
1: And he's the biggest piece of shit. Ah, I love Krillin. I hate him. All I he did was whine. Krillin, but... Kr- call, I'm saying this now. Krillin is the Caillou of the Dragon Ball
0: Z universe. Well, that's just, that's just baldest. <laughs> yeah, but also complainiest. I guess Krillin could grow hair. He just didn't. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to August 11th. A solar eclipse, a total solar eclipse, is seen in Europe and Asia. Um, quick note to anyone in North America, which oh, yeah. is probably most people. Uh, on August 21st of this year, there will be a total solar eclipse. Um, Eastern time, somewhere around one ish uh, The closer you live to, I think it's Carbondale, Illinois... Uh, the more of a total solar eclipse you will see, the sun will be in totality for longer, and more of it will be covered.
1: And there's actually, uh, you can go online and there's a full map that shows the exact path.
0: Yeah, and there, there's something I saw, I forget, I think it was on the website Vox. It actually had a thing where, uh, for Americans out there, you can type in a zip code... And it'll show you uh, how much of the sun you'll see, what times to watch at, and how like, how much of the sun will be covered. Pretty I don't cool. know if there was anything for Canadians. I just typed in the Niagara Falls, New York zip code. Good enough. Fourteen five zero three. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did one for three zero three. What I mean is, it five zero three or three zero five. I always mix them up. I mean, there's Damn gotta it. be multiple one. Wa- like it's it's a city, so there's gotta I mean, be multiple well, things. Let's
1: move on to more important news.
0: Alright, Blockbuster raises $465 million in initial offering.
1: <laughs>
0: anyway, Blockbuster Inc., the world's largest chain of video cassette rental stores, raised $465 million in an IPO, Initial Public Offering, that capitalizes on the company's name even as doubts linger <laughs> over challenges to its core business. Blockbuster, owned by Viacom, Viacom, sold 31 million shares to the public at $15, $1 below the $16 to $18 range set below uh, before the sale. The offering represents an 18% stake and valued Blockbuster at $2.63 billion. Not a bad time to buy into Blockbuster. Sell in 2004. Please sell. I don't know exactly how stocks work. Okay. But I searched up the current Blockbuster stock, which is also like in the form of some sort of liquidate or something. But it lists as one cent. Oh. And with little blips in the past year going up to two cents. Here's a question. I know nothing about stock trading. (laughs) Yeah. Let's say I buy a thousand dollars of Blockbuster stock at one cent and then sell at
1: two cents. I mean, yeah, you will double your money, but who will buy? The problem is. Who will buy Blockbuster stock? Because the company is literally deceased. Also, though, there's you'll have to look this up because all the details are fuzzy for me. But I do know that there's an independent Blockbuster oh. open somewhere in the States and they have a hilarious Twitter.
0: Yeah, um, I think the handle is the last Blockbuster. Yeah, something like that. It's yeah.
1: really good. Whoever is running that social media is on point.
0: It's It's pretty good.
1: Alright, August 12th, North Korean missile ready to be tested. North Korea has finished building an upgraded ballistic missile and is weighing the pros and cons of a test launch, South Korea's spy chief said Wednesday. Chun-yeon take, head of the National Intelligence Service, said it would take at least three or four weeks for North Korea to transport the missile and prepare it for launch at a coastal base. The US, South Korea, and Japan have warned of repercussions if the North tests the missile. So, I mean, same old, same old. Nothing really new there. All right, let's get into movies and music. Starting in the box office, we have at number, no- oh, God, so many movies. The goddamn Megaplex of the 90s. Oh, yeah. At number one, we have The Sixth Sense. Uh, at two is Blair Witch Project. Three is Runaway Bride. Oh, yeah. Four is The Thomas Crown Affair with Pierce Brosnan. And five is Deep Blue Sea. Those are, that's a pretty solid top five. It's it's something. Number six, we've
0: got Mystery Men. Number seven. Is Hold on.
1: Number six, Mystery Men, featuring the musical stylings. Smashmouth of Smashmouth.
0: Oh, we'll uh, we're getting back to Smashmouth. Oh, yes. Um, wait, wait, you're getting us back to Smashmouth. Huh? It's it's gonna happen. Oh no. Okay. Oh, I, I actually have good things to say. Begrudgingly, yes. uh, sort of overarching good things to say. Yes. Uh, Our number time seven, has come, Inspector Gadget. Uh, with Matthew Broderick I wasn't a huge fan I haven't watched it eh, I eh, don't But I'm a huge fan of Matthew Broderick
1: eh, Minus okay.
0: some questionable activities in the late 80s Number 8, The Haunting Number 9, The Iron Giant And okay. finishing it off Let's all fuck a pie with number 10, American Pie Like, could American Pie exist
1: right now? Like, if, it, if we lived in a universe without American Pie And that kind of movie was released today Would it fare well? Is fucking a pie shocking in 2017 if uh, fucking a pie was not a thing in 1999?
0: I don't know. That is a really that is a deep question, right? Yeah. Does fucking a pie have the same impact in 2017? Like, I think it does. You think it does? I think it does because it's, well, it's still even funny. if you're desens, it's yeah, it's still funny. But
1: even if you're desensitized by like I don't know, uh, a Japanese woman birthing a squid. Which is a thing. Go go look Don't on the internet. Look that up. Just do it once. You gotta see it <sighs> once. But like there's so much weird shit out there, but fucking a pie is just genuine,
0: good, clean American humor. and, and <laughs> the, the the way they filmed it. I mean, if you just have someone fucking a pie, that's not terribly funny in and in and of itself. It's no. the delivery, it's yeah. how it's written, it's how it's acted, it's how it is directed. And it's Eugene Levy. Yeah, you gotta bring you gotta you have, it. To have Eugene that's Levy. That's part
1: of it. Because he's so uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is,
0: and I guess it is still funny. I read a story on Reddit uh, yesterday about someone uh, fucking a coconut. Yeah, yeah, recounting the tale of their teenage years and how they made sweet love to a coconut. Yeah, that's terrible. Uh, Um, Okay, let's pick out a
1: couple more good ones on here. Episode episode one, one, yeah, yeah. Big Daddy, which was a decent Sandler movie. This was still when he was making decent stuff. It was on the decline, the decline, but it was watchable. Agreed, it is
0: still good it is not great um, i think wedding singer and Waterboy might have been oh absolutely one of those, those were the was, peak yeah those were the peak for me it's probably wedding, wedding singer yeah probably the wedding yeah. singer um Ooh, austin powers nice and the spy who shagged me uh we get the matrix
1: on here the mummy the good one the mummy
0: yeah the one um, with uh you know brandon, brandon fraser,
1: fraser. Ooh. bringing him back
0: yeah let's leave it there let's cut it there because i have a lot to say about music this week okay. i am naming possibly almost every song wow this is from the rpm hit 100 tracks canada's only national 100 hit tracks survey we've read from this a few times before but holy fuck we've got a lot to say the entire top 10 is iconic i'm gonna read through it and then then we'll be back sure number one if you had my love by jennifer lopez number two beautiful stranger madonna from the austin powers the spy who shagged me soundtrack number three here we are with all star by smash mouth yes Number four, Wild Wild West, Will Smith from the Wild Wild West soundtrack. Great stuff. Five, get ready for it, Live in La Vida Loca, Ricky Martin. I'm not ready for it. Oh, come on. I know it was a, for the time, a classic, but yeah. God, I hated that song. Um, poss- I don't even know if this counts as a one-hit wonder, but She's So High by Tal Bachman. Oh, it's absolutely a one-hit wonder. I mean, did it hit number? I, th- I think it got radio play in the States. Yeah. I'm I pretty sure so. it did. CanCon. Number seven, I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. Number eight, bringing it down a little bit sad with Last Kiss by Pearl Jam. Okay. And uh, number nine, Black Balloon by the Goo Goo Dolls. And number 10, we talked about this last week, Steal My Sunshine by Len. That is a pretty solid top ten. It is musically, critically, possibly not the best... There's not a lot of great music in this top ten. No, but it thoroughly but
1: feels like 1999. It feels
0: like the summer of 1999. Yep. It is. It encompasses this year, and it feels really good. I am going to just list list off a few more songs. Sure, probably quite a few. Twelve. Sometimes Britney Spears. 14. Genie in a Bottle. Christina Aguilera. Yeah. Um. Do you remember this? I could not ask for more. Edwin McCain. I don't think so. You'd know it if you heard it. It's okay. not really a good song, though. Oh, good. Uh, our <laughs> biggest climber this week, number 36 to uh, 19, is By Amos by Enrique Inglisi. Oh, my God. Um, I entirely forgot about that song. Moving into at least something remotely uh, alternative, I yeah. guess, besides Pearl Jam, we've got Scar Tissue by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay. Kiss, Kiss me. me. Yeah, Sixpence yeah. None the Richer. Unpretty we
1: because we're just listing shit now.
0: Uh, we've got Bob Cajun by the Tragically Hip there it is, They're still here. And this is a really good list. I might actually it, just publish a link to this on the Facebook because sure. you're right. We I could st- I could read almost every song out of this top 100, but that would there's yeah, it's, it's a lot more. of shit. Yeah. Like good shit, but shit nonetheless. Yeah, and but a lot of it is shit. Yeah. But it's it's just that it's good shit. It's nostalgia at its finest. Speaking of
1: good shit. Let's move on. And get into our 90s spotlight. For many of us, Polaroid cameras were a mainstay of summer trips in the 90s. Regular film cameras were fine, sure. But then you'd have to get the film processed and that could be a whole ordeal. You gotta get in the car, get out to the film processing place, you're dropping it off, you're waiting a reasonable period given the work that had to be done then you have to pick up the pictures i'm exhausted just thinking about it maybe maybe some of those pictures don't turn out maybe you accidentally snapped open uh the the little encasement where the film was and and you ruined half of the reel this is a thing that this happened thing. yeah so at this point even in 99 digital cameras were they were a thing uh having hit the market in the back half of the decade but they wouldn't really take hold until the early 2000s so given the option Uh, Many parents still brought their trusty Polaroid camera with them for every family adventure. Here are a few highlights from the 90s uh, for Polaroid as published on their website. So in 1992, the Polaroid Captiva camera and film system, an ultra compact format designed for instant portraits, debuts. Well-known actor comedian Sinbad appears in Polaroid commercials, launching the Captive camera products. That's pretty good. Sinbad. So, come 97, a modern Polaroid One-Step Express is reissued uh, with a rounded body and in various color options. And this this kind of encapsulates the 90s, or at least 90s tech for me. It kind of
0: encapsulates it and rounds it off a little.
1: Yeah, let's reissue something, but round the square edges and give you color options.
0: I mean, think about... Uh, and you'll buy it. Think about cars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in the 80s, cars got real boxy, and then in the 90s... They took those same hard edges and just kind of smoothed them out a little bit. Yeah, and right? nothing, really, nothing really changed in the car. It's just, oh, it's more round now. Yeah.
1: And that was it. And my favorite one, 1999. Polaroid introduces the Polaroid I-Zone. I-Zone being a lowercase I and capital Z. Polaroid I-Zone, an instant pocket-sized camera in a wide range of bright colors. The camera's thumbnail-sized prints become a hit amongst teens i didn't have one of these i'm
0: almost positive i had something like this I, I think it was this yeah and i lost it in grade eight on a field trip uh at thistle's hideaway my roommate is laughing at me right now because she was there and she remembers Holly,
1: you monster how were you involved in this I was on a paddle boat
0: in a lake and then I remember it slipped right out of my pocket fell in (laughs) and I just saw it go down. It was like Jack in the Titanic. You see him for a second for a moment. I felt like if I had reacted quicker, I probably could have reached my hand in there and scooped it up. But it was gone devastating yeah so my
1: family had three different polaroid cameras though i don't remember any of them being used i know my parents took pictures of me as a baby and a toddler and with polaroid cameras because those are what are in our photo albums so we're probably talking 88 to 92 ish maybe 93 so that means that we made the full switch to film cameras you know 93 94 somewhere in there and I think this was an ongoing theme for many families in the 90s, eventually making that switch from Polaroid to film, or maybe even Polaroid straight to digital, if if you were really clinging on to it. And this eventually led to the demise, the slow burning demise of Polaroid, uh, beginning with their declared bankruptcy in 2001. <laughs> but it really stretched out, like it didn't, I don't think it liquidated it until like 2008, 2009, Maybe. and there were a number of lawsuits about it, and Polaroid kept Transferring hands hmm. um eventually, the impossible project purchased the Polaroid film factory in Germany, which got me interested in Polaroid cameras in two thousand ten yeah, that was when I found uh like an unopened s x seventy like with the rainbow stripe. Oh, so sweet. yeah. On eBay for like 30 bucks. So I picked that up. I still have it. I have not bought the film. The film for it is more expensive than the camera. Oh, probably at this point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that's uh, a big thing. Polaroids were cool. They were a staple of the 90s. Think about Kevin McAllister in Home Alone 2. True. Yeah. that The Polaroid camera literally saved his life probably. It probably did.
1: They were. I think they were trying to kill him. Obviously, it was a kid. Oh, they movie were trying to kill him. Like they, litter- they, they, they put a gun in his mouth. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, they were. They were gonna ice that kid.
1: <laughs> ice. Anyway, so Polaroid. Yeah. Thank you for saving Kevin McAllister. I think that's kind of yeah, the roundabout sure. theme of the show. Exactly. It was
0: yeah. a. It, it had security in it, but it was also at a at a higher price. I think film was cheaper. Oh, and definitely. I think. The decline, like what you said, with your family switching over to film cameras in the mid-90s, was probably a matter of, not of convenience, but of compromise. The price for Polaroid film probably just wasn't worth it for the convenience of being able to see that picture immediately. Being Just driving to a store, dropping it off at a one-hour photo, coming back a little bit later, it's not that bad. I think for probably a lot of families, it was an acceptable compromise. And I think just
1: very broadly speaking, Polaroid kind of serves as an example to other businesses around the world of the kind of doom that success can bring you. When you're successful with something, you roll with it. You think you've got a great product and you don't want to screw that up. So you kind of you you stay short sighted. You don't see the kind of lion looming in the corner which in this case was was digital cameras
0: yeah and that killed uh that i don't know killed is the right word but it dealt a very heavy blow to kodak especially oh yeah and i think there's we are seeing this now in the past decade there is a lot of this a lot of traditional businesses their short-sightedness and maybe their hubris just uh led to their downfies downfall. Wow. Sears is hanging on by a red oh, Sears. Yeah. Yeah. Alright,
1: let's get into our sponsorship so can get back on target. Yeah.
0: This week, we would like to to really thank something that was pretty pretty much died off after the nineties, I think. Stuck in the nineties this week is brought to you by the actors used in the T V series adaptation who replaced the ones from the movie. Now, this was, you know, they're really the true heroes oh, out there God, because they they're are. taking they're taking on possibly an iconic film role for less money, for less fame. And sometimes it's something that you can roll the dice and it'll pay off, but sometimes it doesn't. For example, uh, let's talk about a good case scenario. Okay,
1: the biggest payoff that I know of is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ooh, because Buffy started yes. out as a shit movie, which it, and it wasn't at all what Joss Whedon was trying to do. The, the Buffy TV show is what Joss wanted mm-hmm. for Buffy. And the movie, it got contorted into this bullshit comedy. It was really weird, but he got on board with the TV show. Entirely different actress, in this case, Sarah Michelle Gellar.
0: Yeah. And she ended up... She is Buffy she is, the Vampire she Slayer. Is Buffy. I can't... I don't know who played the original Buffy. It's no not one, ringing a bell. No one does. Um, Another good... Uh, that is definitely the best example, right? Sarah Michelle Gellar. Another good example would be uh richard dean anderson in stargate sg1 also taking over the role of captain jack o'neill from um kurt russell yeah kurt russell in the stargate film movie you know the movie uh and yeah he is really captain jack o'neill but sometimes you roll the dice sometimes you take on that role and things don't go as well uh the flip side of that i think is Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV series. Okay. Yeah. Wayne Zielinski is not... I don't even... I don't know who played him. Oh, no. I I don't remember. Yeah. Wayne Zielinski is always, in our hearts, going to be... <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. You're drawing, I know. I yeah, know, you know you are, and I am this too. too. It, this is killing this me. This is Rick what Moranis. What is Rick Moranis? God Jesus damn it. Christ. I knew you were
1: doing that. As soon as I heard it, I was like, you're stretching out your words. I am. I'm you stretching are not it out because, because for
0: some reason, yep. the icon, like Rick Moranis is, I think, a Canadian hero. Oh, he is. Like, he
1: and Dave Thomas are held in as high regard, oh, fuck, for you Americans, not the Wendy's guy, all right? <laughs> you hamburger eating, motherfucker. No, I'm just kidding. I love Wendy's.
0: Yeah, I yeah. could go for some Wendy's. Oh, God, I'm so hungry. But Wendy's is not bringing. It's not bringing you the podcast this week. These actors are. Guy who played Wayne Zelensky in the TV show. We're sorry, it didn't work out for you. You are not Rick Moranis. You okay. Any more examples? Uh, let's let's decade aside. Let's move out of the '90s. Okay. The single
1: best example, better than Buffy, I think, is Mash, because Mash was a movie. Okay. And Alan Alda Alan came Alda? in to play Hawkeye. Okay. For the TV show. Okay. And that that made his career like he was already famous by then. He was already like a a well-known feminist. But this made
0: him kind of like a a feminist movement icon. Like being in MASH? Yeah. I don't overly know MASH because it's not exactly a 90s series, nor does it depict the 90s. MASH. So up until I think it was it was
1: one of the last few Super Bowls that finally took over. And had higher ratings than the *Mash* series finale, and that was in the 70s. Or er, sorry, the in the 80s. Like that held on for decades. P- like America's obsession and the world's—well, probably just North America's obsession with *Mash* was so intense. *Game of Thrones* does not come anywhere near it. Does this make sense? Does this make sense to you, millennials? All right. Grey's Anatomy, no Grey's Anatomy is garbage. Um, what else doesn't come close to it? Literally everything. Seinfeld didn't touch it, and Seinfeld was beloved,
0: obviously. I love Seinfeld. Yeah.
1: Anyway, so uh, I think Mash is another great example of it. Um, there are a few more on here. Friday Night Lights is another one. If any of you watch okay, that, yeah,
0: that was that was adapted. That um, was Billy
1: Bob Thornton, mm-hmm. and so that was a thing. What else is there? Bates Motel is another one. That- oh, Fargo. Th-
0: both HBO. of those uh i would i They're would nice stretch play. those i would no. I, I would i would i don't know if i would count those because these are i don't know honey i shrunk the kids the tv series is something that rode off of the success of honey i shrunk the kids um the movie yeah uh stargate sg1 buffy the vampire slayer these are all things that came out within a few years of it True. fargo Long time. Long time. Bates Motel, even longer. Those are reimaginings and adaptations. Whereas others are continuations. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. So I don't think they count in the same way. And because I think this actual process of adapting a successful tv or a successful movie into a tv series probably died out after the 90s cuz i can't think of too many examples and we've moved to to remakes, yeah. reimagining's and adaptations like you just said with Fargo and Bates Motel.
1: We would like to thank Battle you.
0: Star Galactica. Oh, true. Yeah.
1: We would like to thank you, tv actor, for for living in the shadow of your oftentimes movie
0: superior. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you Sean Oh. and overshining them basically this episode of the podcast was brought to you by sarah michelle Geller yeah. and richard dean anderson it really is so you know what one last little pro tip before we end the podcast this week if you're an aspiring actor if you want to take on the role of someone in a movie you best have three names oh i cracked the code you
1: did that is a hot take all right as always you can find us online at stuck in the 90s podcast.com We are on Twitter at SIT90s. We are on Instagram and... Facebook gets stuck in the '90s. Uh, drop us a line. We actually had someone message us on uh, Instagram about concerned children's advertisers, and if we were oh. going to do a spotlight on those, and I think we talked about the our our love of the North American house hippo on the podcast before. Yeah, uh, but maybe maybe this is we the kind of thing we can dive in a little bit deeper. Well, and I I don't know how I don't think obviously I don't think Americans had it right. No, that so maybe didn't. maybe this is the kind of thing we can post online and see if if people enjoy it. Um, otherwise, though. Uh, what we're doing next week, we're we're doing a week in the 90s, probably. Not 1999, it's probably
0: not 1990, somewhere in the middle. Yeah, Somewhere Somewhere. in between those very hard starts and finishes to the 90s. Uh. That
1: is what the podcast is, essentially, though. Yeah.
0: I got nothing else to add.
1: I don't have anything else either.
0: All right, for now, the podcast is is now now over. over.